The Witchelies, a married couple from Mansfield, England, they were private people. Everybody knew it on the street, and everybody was fine with it. They weren't ignorant, but were private. So when no one saw them around anymore, nobody really thought anything. Some people did wonder where they went like their neighbours. They just vanished. But nothing was said, until 15 years later. The travelling and the sightseeing that they were supposedly doing came crashing to an end. This is Beyond the Veil. Hello and welcome. This is Lauren and this is Beyond the Veil. I can't say welcome back to the podcast because this is the first one. <laughs> I'll be toasting this with my husband occasionally um, and we'll be discussing things that are a bit shifty. Mainly true crime. Uh, that is my muse. I do like to watch the true crimes on TV. My husband always says he has to sleep with one eye open and I should not go getting any ideas. He calls them my death murder kills. That's his name for them, his tag. But I also like to talk about paranormal, spooky stuff, weird, wonderful things that have happened. It's karma, I think. I think I like, I like the subject of karma because I'm a big, big believer in fate and karma and anything else, really. Hopefully you enjoy this because I've got a head full of ideas for this podcast channel. I've just got so many. So let's get into it. William and Patricia Witcherly vanished in 1998. William was 85 and Patricia, she was 22 years his junior. And early May 1998, they both vanished. People would notice that they hadn't seen the Witcherlies for quite a while. And one day the neighbors were upstairs looking down over the gardens when they saw, to their surprise, their daughter's husband, Christopher, digging a very, very big hole. Apparently he was up to his chest in this hole. And he turned to his wife and joked that he knew where the Witchleys were. They were dead. And their son-in-law was going to bury them in the hole in the garden. Something I'm pretty sure that guy is now kicking himself. Oh. Before this crazy daughter and her husband would take complete advantage of her parents and go on this wild spree of spending their money, the greed, the eloping, what would eventually just lead to them turning themselves in. So on the 5th of May, Susan Edwards, their daughter, she actually applied for a joint bank account with her and her mother's name. One would assume at this point they'd murdered them, or she was just using fake documents because she knew her mother wouldn't want a joint account with her. And she did, she actually managed to get this joint account, her and her mother's name. As soon as that was done, again, she managed to get £40,000 from her parents' bank account, directed straight into this new account with her name on it. They then took out multiple personal loans, they redirected pension payments, winter fuel payments, industrial injury payouts, everything they could basically. Anything that their or her parents were in receipt of, they just directed everything. They swiped it all. So monthly, monthly, month after month, their payments kept coming. They would write letters, cards to family members, 
you know, so everyone who knew them personally on a personal level would just assume they were still alive. Susan and Christopher would tell people that they've they've gone traveling, and people bought it. Why wouldn't they? They'd make regular trips to their house, you know, visiting trips. They'd help out, you know, say they'd help out with emptying the, the, the gutters, uh, mowing the lawn, watching the plants, etc., which is a normal thing to do, so no one batted an eyelid. But come 2005, the money was gone. This couple, Susan and Christopher, they were obsessed with Hollywood memorabilia. So the time had come for them to think, you know what, we've got to sell this house to pay our debts off. We've got to get rid of it. So again, forging their documents and the signatures and everything else, they managed to flip it. They sold the house. It sold for 67000 just to pay off their debts. And at this point, they were actually paying creditors around £700 a month. That they were still buying this Hollywood memorabilia stuff. Like, still buying it. Top prices paid. Then in late 2012, the Department of Work and Pensions wrote to William, who had been dead at this point since 1998, they were requesting a meeting to assess his need, you know, because he's an old guy. He, does he need anything? You know, like stairlift, a wet room. And they got scared. I mean, this is the first correspondence from a hierarchy they've had in almost 15 years. They were frightened and they fled. They moved to France in Lille. And they were there for about a year they couldn't find work. Neither of them could find any work. They're in a ton of debt. Devastate to murder. They were obviously feeling trapped at this point. Like, if we go back to the UK, they could be waiting for us. What if they found the body? So they were trapped. And they ended up running out of money. So eventually, Christopher, he called home. He spoke to his stepmother. And he confessed the whole thing. But his, his reasoning behind doing what they did... It can't be collaborated, because there was just the four of them involved, so see what you think. Apparently Patricia shot William, so she shot her husband, and then after the fact, Susan shot her mum, so Susan shot Patricia after provoking her. Why the provoke? They claimed that Patricia had said that Susan had never been a wanted child, and that she was having an affair with her daughter's husband, Patricia was having an affair with Christopher. The prosecution argued that this obviously was very unlikely and all the evidence pointed to Christopher. He was an experienced shooter and had once belonged to a gun club. February 2014, there was the trial and they both denied murder. They both appeared at Nottingham Crown Court and Susan pleaded guilty to manslaughter, but she denied murder. They did both plead guilty to theft of credit and interfering with a coroner, which I assume means that they admitted they buried the bodies. I mean, you would have to admit that they buried the bodies. The neighbor saw them digging the hole. Then suddenly there's this beautiful flower bed on top of the hole when the holes filled in. And, obviously. So, saying not guilty to burying them would just be crazy. But, 
the jury did find them guilty, and in June 2014, they rejected the provocation claim of Susan. The jury said it was premeditated. They'd both been shot purely for the money. They were both sentenced to life with a minimum term of 25 years. Then Susan comes out with, I'm not saying it's a lie, but she states that she has a right to appeal and this is in 2015 when she comes out with information that her father used to sexually assault her. Now again, not saying this is a lie. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But it's a little late, isn't it, to come out with that. So it just seems like, again, they're just grasping at straws, in my opinion. But they dismissed that. So what do you think? It was actually made into a mini-series uh, called Landscapers. Um, Olivia Coleman was in it in 2021, I think it was. Um, I haven't seen it. I may actually watch it because it did grab my attention for being a, a, a murder that has gone unnoticed. I was quite shocked. And I also do think that if it hadn't have been for the fact that they ran out of money, he wouldn't have called his stepmom and then she wouldn't have told the police. And I think they would still be on the run, if I'm honest. If they hadn't have run out of money, they wouldn't have looked back. Apparently at the time of their arrest, they were actually £160,000 in debt. How do you get that much in debt? The whole Hollywood memorabilia thing, I think, is just crazy. The amount of money they spent on that. They spent £20,000 on a signed picture of Frank Sinatra. They were obviously living this money-no-object lifestyle, and actually at one point, Susan had bought a signed photograph of the French actor Gerard Depardieu. I think I've said that right. Forgive me if it's wrong. But it was actually just a fake. She'd actually bought a franking machine to put a fake French postmark on it, and then apparently had this whole pen pal thing with Gerard, the French actor, to Christopher. And it was her all along, so it was really, really weird. She would write the letters in poor English, um, making it out. Obviously, he's French and his English isn't too good, making that out. So it really was just a life of lies and greed. And this poor couple had to suffer for that. So let me know what you think. Let me know if you've seen the mini-series I talked about. Um, and thank you for listening. See you next time.